Well, good morning, everyone. So good to have all of you at all our churches today, Bluntstown, Chipley, and Mariana. We're excited to have you as we begin a brand new series on how to turn your forehead red. Let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and deal with that elephant in the room. Uh, I didn't get a sunburn. Um, I'm paying for a sunburn by getting chemical treatment stuff done on my face for precancer stuff. So just go ahead and now that you can change that soundtrack and think you don't have to have the soundtrack. Man, I wonder how he got his face burned, right? Um, I did it when I was a kid without uh, sunscreen. So um, you pay, you pay. Right, you play, you pay, right? That kind of deal, right? So, uh, man, I am glad to have all of you at all of our churches, though, for this series entitled Soundtrack. Because last week we finished up our series entitled Four, and I want to thank all of you for being for those that are in our communities. Because... Um, we're going to celebrate it because you, you're just amazing as a church in the way that you show other people that you're for them. So um, we showed you for through giving, serving, and loving. And we have some amazing things also that have been going on with our churches as well that we want to catch you up on. So to make sure we have a great celebration to catch you up on what's been going on with RCC, kind of give a state of the uh, RCC address. Um, make sure you mark your calendars and join us on November the 20th at 5.30 on our Mariana campus where all of our campuses have come together. We're going to have a time of celebration, worship, and kind of cast some vision for where we're at, where we're going, and what we believe God has for us next. So make sure you write this date down and join us November the 20th at 5.30. Now, let's go ahead and dive into our conversation today entitled Soundtracks. And uh, to get us started, I want you to think about this statement that I read some months ago in a book called Soundtracks by John Acuff. And if you want to go out and get that book, it is worth the read. And he's not paying me to say that. It really is worth the read. But here is what he says in his books. He says, your thoughts are internal soundtracks that you listen to even more than your favorite song. Now, this statement... It's just such a great statement to remind us why intentionally deciding what we think is so vital to our spiritual and emotional and mental health and growth. Because as I've talked about before in the past, our mind is just this constant flow or stream of thoughts. So your thoughts determine the direction and the quality of your life. In other words, they determine your emotions, they determine your feelings, they determine your attitudes, they determine your reactions and your actions. The truth is, everything that you do, everything that you feel, everything that you see, everything that you hear, the perception you take away from what you see and what you hear and what you feel, that perception that you take away, it is more a result of your thought processes than what happened to you in that moment or happened around you in that moment. Your perception is more a result of what you think than what you experienced. So how we think, really it does shape how we see the world, how we hear the world, how we see our world, how we hear our world. Our thoughts shape who we are. Now, to help you understand the power of soundtracks for what we see, hear, and perceive in our world, I want you to watch this video on the side screens. So 
so what's going to happen next? So what did you feel as you were watching that video? What did you perceive? What did you think with that soundtrack playing? Now, let me show you that video clip again. Watch the side screens. So what did you feel as you watched that clip that time? What was different about that experience? I mean, I had some people that I kind of previewed this with just to make sure it would make the impact I wanted. And some said, well, you brighten the color in the video the second time. <laughs> no, we didn't touch anything about the color of the video or the quality of the video. Listen, well, what did you feel as you watched that video with that second soundtrack playing? See, that is the power of a soundtrack. Same clip, different soundtrack, creates an entirely different feeling and perception. It's why two people can be sitting in the same room, hearing the same person say the same thing, and one walks out with gloom and doom and terror, and the other going, wow, that was the most encouraging, life-giving thing I ever heard. It has nothing to do with what they saw or experienced or heard in that meeting. It has a whole lot more to do with the soundtrack that was playing in their mind. And what that means for us is most of, for most of us, our battles for our life, they are won or lost by the soundtracks that we play in our minds. In other words, our view and our perspective of life are really more a reflection of our thoughts than what we see or what we hear or what we experience. In fact, you could say it this way, your thoughts will determine the direction and the quality of your life. And while we don't consciously think about it that way, if you've had any life experience, you, you really know that that is true. Another way of saying this is this. Everything of any significance that happens in your life, it is going to be the product of what you choose to think and the decisions that you make. I don't want you to forget that. Everything in your life that happens of any significance, it will be the product of what you choose to think. And the key is what you choose to think and the decisions that you make as a result of what you choose to think. Because we determine the depth and the degree and the impact of what we will become in life by what we choose to think and the decisions that we choose to make based upon what we think. And as John Acuff said again in his book in another place, he says, when you pick the soundtracks you listen to the most, there's no limit to what you can accomplish. Now, some of you are sitting there going, yeah, but doesn't God really determine the outcome and the direction of my life? And, and you're exactly right, he does. But God's sovereignty doesn't mean I can take a passive approach to my thought life. Nor does it mean I can hold anybody else accountable or responsible for the thoughts that I think or the perceptions that I have and therefore the decisions I make as a result of my thoughts and my perceptions. It's why the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says, he says, we have to take every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Jesus. It's why he said in Romans chapter 12, when he begins that passage, he says, I want you to renew your mind. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, here's the thing. I know the importance of this, and I know the power of this, because for far too long in a period of my life, I allowed 
passive soundtracks to play in my life, and it almost wrecked my life and some very important relationships in my life. By the grace of God, he helped me to redeem that. And what I learned from that experience is this. Your approach to life, to spiritual growth and emotional health and development, it can't be passive when it comes to what you think. Because here's why. Everything of any significance that happens in your life, it's going to be the product of what you choose to think and the decisions that you make as a result of what you choose to think. This means every moment of our lives, we have to choose what we are going to think. Just like you tell your hands what to do, you're very intentional about telling your hands what to do, you're intentional about telling where your feet what to do or where to turn your head. Just like you tell the rest of your body what to do, you have to be that intentional. In fact, as you're gonna discover through this series, you have to be more intentional to make sure you are telling your mind what to think. You have to intentionally choose. You just can't let your mind wander. You can't just follow your thoughts because here's what I can promise you. If you let your mind wander, if you just follow your thoughts, it's gonna take you to all kinds of dark, negative places. And you're gonna find yourself overthinking everything. You're gonna spend your life paralyzed by overthinking every action and every interaction and every reaction that you have. Because overthinking, it always takes you into very negative spaces and it creates, man, just this paralysis in your life and in your decisions. So here's the question I want you to answer as we begin this series, Soundtracks Today, and that is this. What are you willing to do? And the key is, what are you willing to do so that you are deciding the soundtracks that you play? Like, What are you willing to do because here's the thing, if you're gonna do anything significant with your life, you have to be intentional. Let me say that again. You have to be very intentional about what you choose to think. And some of you didn't know that was even an option. But you need to be choosing every thought that you think. When I say intentional, I mean that is precisely what we mean. It is such hard work. In fact, as someone said, if you want to leave footprints in the sand of time, then you got to wear work, work boots because it's that kind of hard work when it comes to controlling the thoughts that you think in your mind. Because we're going to see today from Scripture, here's what I can tell you. You can't be passive about what you think and experience any kind of fulfillment in life. Now, to help us to see that, Today, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that has been my life passage of Scripture. In fact, about 25 years ago, I had a mentor, mentor tell me, he said, Paul, you need to memorize this. You need to own this. You need to live this. And he challenged me to make this passage of Scripture a core passage for my life. And I'm so glad I did because as I told you before, I mean, there were some soundtracks playing in my mind and it almost wrecked my life and some of the most important relationships in my life. And here's what I want to tell you this morning. If you make this passage a core passage in your life, I know that you're going to be glad you did because you'll be able to experience joy and happiness and fulfillment and a level of fruitfulness and stability that you can ever imagine that you could have in your life. So if you got your Bibles, I really encourage you to go with me to Psalm chapter 1 because I want to kind of take you on a journey through Psalm chapter 1. 
We're gonna look at the first three verses, but you can look at the last few verses uh, after we go on this first part of the journey and, and really understand them um, in your own devotional life. And here's what's so interesting about this passage that David, who wrote this psalm, here's, it, here's what's interesting about it. He begins this psalm by calling us, he's saying, I don't want you to be passive about what you to choose to think. He's saying, I want you to be very proactive. I want you to make this intentional decision of what you're going to choose to think, what thoughts you're going to have in your mind. And he starts by describing the person who intentionally decides what thoughts they're going to think. So if you will, join me in this journey. I'm going to read through it, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to break it down. Here's what he says in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. He says, blessed or happy is the person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law they meditate day and night. And they should become like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever they do shall prosper. Now, if you're looking at your Bibles, I want you to notice verse one, because verse one, it starts out with the statement is, happy or blessed is the person. Now, happy or blessed is what we all want in our lives, right? Isn't that what all of us want? We, we want happy, in fact, the reason I use happy is because a good translation of the word blessed there in that context is, oh, the happiness. Have you ever said that about a person? I just can't imagine being that happy all the time. Oh, the happiness of that person. Or another way to translate it is, oh, how very happy is the person. They're just so joy-filled that even in their times of despair and hardship and difficulty, it's kind of like David said in Psalm 37, he says, I am overcome with joy because God, you know the anguish of my heart and the difficulty that I'm experiencing. Oh, how happy is that person who intentionally chooses what they're going to think. And what's interesting, as we're going to discover today, is that happiness and joy to a large degree, don't miss this, happiness and joy to a large degree are determined by what you decide not to think. Don't miss this. David begins Psalm 1 verse 1 by repeating, he says, happy is the person who does not, nor, nor does this, nor does that. Three times. He says, this is what a happy person doesn't think. Literally, happy is the man or woman or the student who decides, I'm not going to let overthinking run my brain. Because overthinking, it always leads you to dark places. I mean, it is always like a place of negativity that's going to paralyze you. So David says, oh, how happy is the person who says, I am not going to let that kind of thinking characterize my thoughts. So David says, we have to decide what we are going to think. We have to decide several decisions he gives us here. And let's talk, let's break them down. He says, the first thing we have to decide, we have to decide whether we're going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or not with our thoughts. He says, we, we got to decide, are we going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or not with our, our thoughts? And the truth is, most of us do this. We walk in the counsel of the ungodly with our thoughts, and we don't even realize it. 
I mean, if you spend much time on media or social media, you are all more often than not walking in the counsel of the ungodly with your thoughts, and you don't even realize it. You're not realizing what other people's ungodly thoughts and comments and commentary are doing to your worldview. But I don't want you to miss this. We often, I should say we probably more often, walk in the counsel of ungodly thoughts by listening to the unfiltered soundtracks that we are playing in our mind from our overthinking and our speculation. And I say unfiltered because as John Acuff says in his book, he says, one of the greatest mistakes that you can make is assuming all your thoughts are true because most of us think that. We think if I think it, then it must be true. He says, we tend to believe that it must be accurate if it's in our head. If I think it, it must be real. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah, thousands of years ago, understood this truth. He says, listen, your heart, your mind, it is so deceitful and desperately wicked. He says, you can't trust your heart and your mind. So when people tell you, just follow your heart, that's like the worst advice they can give you. Just follow your thoughts. That's like the worst thing they can do because it's gonna take you this dark place of negativity. And just like Jeremiah, David comes along and he's saying, listen, what you think, what you choose to think or not to think, it matters. It is the big difference maker to the outcome of your life. And here's why the counsel that you listen to is such a very big deal, is you will eventually act upon what you think about. Don't miss what I just said. You will eventually act upon what you think about. And if you're overthinking or you're listening to your own counsel based on what you feel from your processing and your speculation, I can tell you the outcome will never be healthy, it will never be good. Because overthinking and speculating, it always leads to negative thinking. So your happiness is determined by whether you decide to listen to the voices of ungodly counsel or not. And one of those primary voices is your own voice. But for too many of us, there's just this great lack of discernment regarding the counsel from what we, which we get our own internal thought processes. So he says, the first decision you gotta make is whether you're going to listen to ungodly thinking processes. He said, the second decision that you have to make about your thoughts is this, is whether you're gonna stand in the paths of sinners or not. Now, the idea to stand in the paths of sinners or not with your thoughts, it's all about that you have stood in this ungodly counsel for so long that you now find it is affecting your way of life, that your way of life is now being affected. And what David is telling us, if you stand still too long listening to the world or your own negative speculation or your own perception of life as you see it and hear based upon your, based upon your soundtracks, and that's what all of us we call processing. I'm just processing or I'm just thinking about it. You know, I just need time to think about it. He's saying, you need to be really careful because if you stand there too long in your own thinking processes, it will affect all of the way that you see the world and it's gonna lead your life away from peace and from joy. And here's what will happen. You will end up being defeated, 
You'll end up being defensive. You'll end up being deflective. You're going to be dependent on other people to make you happy. And when they don't, you're going to become divisive and you're going to become miserable and you will be frustrated with life. And he says, so when you start standing there too long, then it leads to a third decision that we have to make when it comes to our thought. And the third decision we have to make is whether to sit in the seat of the scornful or not with our thoughts. Now, scornful here is the idea of critical, condescending, cynical. And I know none of you have ever had those kind of thoughts. That just would be so below you to have any kind of critical, condescending, cynical thoughts. This whole idea of scornful is just that, I believe when I see it. That can't be true. See, the scornful is the idea of critical, cynical, condescending, negative thinking. I want you to think about it this way. I choose to sit in the seat of the scornful Every time I bring a negative thought or a comment about another person or a situation or even about myself into a conversation, whether I verbalize that thought or I just let it sit in my mind, that's being scornful. And so many of us, we sit in the seat of the scornful with our thoughts day after day after day after day. And David is saying, don't even for a second sit in the seat of the scornful listening to those negative thoughts. Like the next time you hear a negative thought coming out of your mouth about somebody else, about a situation, or even about yourself, whether you say it out loud or whether it's just in your mind, go, I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scornful here. We got to take this thought into captivity. David says, no, don't even sit there for a minute. minute. Instead, he says, oh, how happy is the person that does not walk or stand or sit listening to unhealthy soundtracks playing in their mind. And while we don't think about it, health, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual health, joy-filled emotions, they always follow our thoughts, not the other way around. And the reason we get that confused, and don't miss what I'm going to say here, the reason we get that confused is that our emotions, they are like the strongest dimension of our life, but your emotions are the shallowest dimension of your life. They are unfiltered. There is no wisdom to your emotions. But we tend to walk, stand, or sit in our emotions, our overthinking, because it's the strongest dimension, but it's the shallowest dimension. And it'll never lead you to happiness, fulfillment, and joy. So to change our emotions, to change our feelings, We have to change our thinking. We have to change the soundtrack that we play in our lives. That's why David says, hey, joy-filled feelings, healthy emotions, they follow when we decide to focus on or delight in something, the right thing. What is it that we are to focus on if we're going to experience this happiness that he talks about? What are we to focus on? Look at what he says in verse 2. Here's what he says. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, 
And in his law, they meditate day and night. So David says, all the happiness of the person who not only decides what they're not going to focus on, what they're not going to delight in, but also decides what they are going to focus on, what they are going to delight in. And I want you to notice that the decision of what you're going to focus on or delight in, it's not open-ended. There is only one option. There's only one choice. In other words, David says, there is only one soundtrack that is far better for our emotions and our happiness and the overall direction of our life than any other soundtrack that we can play in our mind. And what is that soundtrack? It's the words that God speaks to us through his word. Godly men, godly women, students, they decide that they, instead of letting negative influences influence their heart, their mind, they choose, I'm going to listen to the words that God has to say to me. I'm going to treasure the word of God because it is the words of God to me. They delight in, they focus on God's word. So what does it mean to delight in or to focus on God's law, his word? It means that I cultivate an appetite to hear from God on a regular or consistent basis. It's, it's as we cultivate this appetite for God's word, what it does, it always focuses our minds and our hearts on Jesus and who he is and what he thinks about us. So what I decide is, David says, you got to decide that there is nothing that's going to influence your heart and mind more than the word of God. Listen, please hear me, all of our churches. If you keep playing this game of start and stop and maybe with the Bible, you know, one day I'll pick it up and the next day I don't have time for it. Like if you keep struggling with it as a priority enough to make it like the first thing that you do every day of your life or the last thing that you do every evening of your life, you're not going to have the opportunity to experience this happiness, the joy-filled life that David says, hey, this is available to all of us. This principle applies to all of us. And here's why. He says, because if you try to do life without delighting in, focusing on God's word, you're going to assign yourself to this prison of discouragement, frustration, this roller coaster of emotions like, am I where I'm supposed to be? Is this a job I'm supposed to have? Is this a person I'm supposed to be married to? I can't, why can't I ever be happy? Everybody else is always happy. Why can't my life be good like everybody else's life? And the truth is, if you're not delighting in God's word, you're always going to be questioning if you are where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be, if this is who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, you have to decide that God's voice will be your life, that it's going to be your guide for every thought that you think. In fact, Jesus comes along a few thousand years later and he says, hey, there is no other way to experience the life God created and redeemed you to experience. This is how John quotes Jesus. Notice what he says in John chapter 15, verse five. Jesus says, I am the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in them, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. See, apart from the voice and the source of God, 
What's going to happen is you're going to overthink everything. You're going to be trying to figure it out. You're going to try to figure out next month, next year, next five years, instead of just relaxing and trusting Jesus to be your guide. And I'm telling you, when you do that, you're going to get caught in the paralysis of analysis, and you're going to overthink And it's going to keep you from becoming the person that God created you to be and experience the thing that God created you to experience. Jesus says, listen, without me being your source and supply, you can do nothing. And some of you are sitting going, yeah, but I think I'm accomplishing things in my life. But here's what I would guess. Yeah, you're making some things happen. But you are trapped in this prison of frustration and discouragement. You're on this emotional roller coaster, and you're always questioning if you're doing the right thing or if you're in the right place. Here's what I tell you. Until you make the decision to delight in God's word, you will never feel fulfilled. You'll never feel significant, fruitful, or experience a joy-filled life. So you have to decide, I'm going to cultivate God's word in my life. And you go, what do you mean by cultivate God's word in my life? It means I meditate on God's word every day, whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it, whether you think you have time for it or you don't think you have time for it. And don't miss this. First comes the decision to meditate on God's word and the application of that. Then comes the direction. See, many of us out here, we're trying to get direction for our lives, and we're talking to all these people. We talk to this person. We talk to that person. We're trying to get, and then we, people give us different answers, and we get more confused. First comes the decision. Then comes the direction. You won't get direction for your life until you decide that God's word is the guide for your life. But don't miss the second thing. First comes the decision to meditate on God's word and apply it in my life. Then comes the joy. See, you won't get the joy until you've made the decision to delight in, to focus on God's word. But that's not all. Notice what else he says. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. Literally, I choose to feed my heart and my mind from the word of God day and night. Now, don't miss this. This idea of meditating, and this is where we get the whole idea of soundtracks, it is in the Hebrew, it's not unlike the concept of background music. Meditation in the, in, 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 the word meditation in Hebrew, it's the idea of this continuous noise, this continuous repetitive thing, kind of like background noise. So David says, I have to decide that God's word will be my soundtrack and it's gonna be playing in the background of my mind day and night. Now here's the thing. Making God's word my soundtrack that plays in my heart and my mind day and night, that implies a lot of discipline. It, It implies that I have to have the discipline to turn down all the other soundtracks that the world would try to have me listen to. And I've got to come over here and I turn up this one big knob, the soundtrack of God's word. So if God's word is going to be my soundtrack, the idea is I rehearse it so much, I internalize it so much, I memorize it so much that I'm always thinking about everything in life through the filter of what Jesus has said to me, through the filter of what God has said to me through his word, because I've internalized it. Because the Holy Spirit cannot bring to your mind what you have not hid in your heart what has not become a soundtrack in your heart. 
Not, not that I'm even going through my day consciously repeating it, but I'm so immersed in God's word, so saturated that I can't think of anything without scripture being my primary filter and primary point of reference. And when I talk about saturated, you go, what do you mean by being so saturated? It's what the apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter three, verse 16. He says, let the word of God dwell in you, make its home in you richly, richly like this sweet dessert, this dessert that is so saturated with sweetener that when you bite into it, you go, oh, this is so sweet. I don't think I can eat more than a couple bites of this. That, that's what it's talking about. I mean, like, you offend me, you, you hurt me, you do anything to me, I bleed what scripture has said. I'm so saturated. I respond with the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness. That's what it means to be saturated. This means I have to be so saturated that I can't think about anything without scripture being my primary filter through which I see the world. I'm so saturated that it is always a soundtrack that is playing in my heart and my mind. But I'm telling you, that doesn't happen until you make the decision to meditate on God's word, that God's word will be my soundtrack. And I'm gonna tell you, when you're truly meditating on God's word, for life transformation. It always produces the fruit of the Spirit of God in you, and you always live out of love. And I want you to understand something else about meditate. This word meditate that we just put up here, um, it's a verb. It's something that you do. It's not something that you're passive about. You meditate day and night. It's always what you take your thoughts back to. Now, do you know why that's so important? Here's why. Because what you repeat you remember. If you repeat the lies that you've been told all your life or you've told yourself or other people told you, if you repeat negative things, if you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, whether that's yours or the world's, if you stand in that counsel for so long, if you sit and you become cynical and scornful, what will happen is that's what you're going to remember. And what you remember, it affects your emotions and decisions. And your life is the sum total of your decisions, but your decisions are driven by your emotions and your feelings. Now, here's the thing. Some of you go, I don't know if I could do this meditation thing. We well, already do it. You, you meditate a lot in your life. You didn't know that you were meditating every day, but you were. How many of you ever got per, um, paralyzed with the paralysis of analysis because you were overthinking something, right? That's meditation. Focused thinking about something is meditation, even if it's negative. That's meditation. Or another form of meditation is worry. Because you know what worry is? It's focused thinking about something that's negative. So you already know how to meditate. Now we just need to get ourselves immersed and saturated up in God's word so we can meditate on his word. So here's the thing. The question is not if you're going to meditate. The question is what you're going to meditate on. What are you going to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat so much so that it shapes your mind and you begin to respond to life and every circumstance and every situation based upon that? And you remember the psalmist said, oh, how happy is the person that says, I'm going to go down a different road. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to think that way. And I'm not going to think that way. But I'm going to think this way. I'm going to fill my mind and my heart up with the thoughts of God. Listen, folks, it is your most important life choice 
after choosing to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I don't want you to miss what verse 3 says. Because verse 3, it tells us what we become when we decide to play the soundtrack of God's Word day and night. And I'm telling you, verse 3, the, the result, it's not a coincidence. It's a result. It's the law of sowing and then reaping. The product comes once we make a decision of what we're going to think about it. Notice what verse 3 reveals. It reveals what we'll become. He or she shall be like a tree planted. Notice that. They'll be planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he or she does shall prosper. So David says, hey, listen, true success, true success in life depends on your relationship with God. And the primary way that you stay connected to God as a branch does to a vine is by daily connecting with him through his word. So you have to decide, I'm going to delight in God's word day and night. And if you do, he says, here's what you're going to become. You're going to become like a tree that's planted. You're going to bear fruit in every season. A way of saying that is you're going to become stable and you're going to become fruitful. Listen, if you want to experience the happiness the psalmist says that we can have, the question is, if I want stability in my life when the world is crashing and I want fruitful in my life when the world says, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Listen, the question goes back to this. What are you willing to do so that you are deciding the soundtrack that you play? I mean, don't miss this. If you make this decision that this is going to be my soundtrack, you will become stable and you'll become fruitful. Now, do you know why most people in our culture right now are just surviving instead of thriving? You know why people feel so unstable and unfruitful in the season? Because they're not like a tree planted by the river of living water. That's Jesus himself. Instead, they're sucking air from the desert of this world that's filling up their mind and their thoughts and telling what to think. But when your delight is in the law of the Lord, when you decide that I'm going to make God's word my soundtrack, that I play day and night, it changes everything. So if you make the decision to let your roots go deep, deep into God's word, the promise is that you will be stable and that you will be fruitful. Now, again, the fruit is not what you think it is. It's the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, if you look at the list of the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control, you know that those characteristics are more than adequate to get you through any challenge, through any circumstance, through any disappointment that you're facing in life, aren't they? I mean, the other reason the fruit is not what you think is because God is always about his glory and our transformation to be like him. So the fruit that we often anticipate is too much about our significance. I want you to think about it by thinking about this question. See, the fruit that we often think about is way often too much about our significance and our glory. I mean, how many times, I should have all of us be honest about this and raise our hands, but how many times have you struggled with the thought that I might not be doing anything of significance with my life? Now, I'm fixing to take it a step further. How many times have you struggled with that thought? I'm afraid I'm not going to do anything significant with my life. But how many times have you struggled with the thought that I might not do anything significant with my life more than the thought that I might not be glorifying God with my life right here, right now, in this moment? 
And that's pretty sobering. And that's pretty convicting when you start thinking about that because most of us, we're over here consumed about, am I gonna do anything significant with my life? When that's the wrong question, the question is, am I glorifying God with my life in this moment, right here in this present situation? Because when I glorify God moment by moment, I will do something significant because his his fruit will flow through me. So if you want your life to matter and count, if you want your life to prosper, David says, verse three, he goes, if they do this, then they'll be prosperous, they'll be successful. If you want your life to bear God's signature in your moment in history, then you have to choose. This is what I'm gonna focus on, this is what I'm gonna delight in, and it's gonna be my soundtrack. You have to choose that God's word is gonna be what you play as your soundtrack day and night. The question is no longer, am I doing something significant with my life? It is, am I glorifying God in this moment because his word is flowing through me and that's how I'm filtering everything. So God promises, hey, if you do that, you'll be stable and fruitful and your life, it will matter for eternity. Now I'm just telling you folks, this is a radical way to live, but it produces radical outcomes you will be resilient because he says, remember verse three, you will not wither and whatever you do will be successful. You know why? Because you're connected to the source of abundance instead of connected to the source of scarcity, which is the world. Listen, this is not a passive thing. It involves being disciplined and doing hard stuff, saying no to things. That's the hard stuff but you can live a stable, fruitful, and resilient life if you just stay focused on and attached to Jesus. So today, all of you, all of our churches, you get to choose fruitful and stable or withered and scattered. The soundtracks you play, it's your choice to make, but the soundtracks you choose to play determine the outcome of your life. Let me pray for you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. Thank you that you just make it so clear. Now we desperately come before you saying, God, we all need your help to live this radical lifestyle. God, we all confess that um, we have not intentionally made a decision to consecrate our mind and our emotions and our thoughts to you, to invite you into them. We've not intentionally said, I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to stand. And these negative, unhealthy, overthinking places. But God, today we're, we're making that choice. Say, God, our delight, our focus, it's in you. We want to see Jesus. We want to hear Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. And we, want, we know one of the primary ways that we can make that happen in our lives and experience that in our lives is by daily spending time listening to what you have to say to us through your word. God, may we be so saturated with your word that that becomes the filter through which we see everything in life. The filter that overrides all the filters that we now perceive the world. God, may as a result of that, 
We experience not only stability, but we experience the fruit of love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control in every situation. Thank you for this incredible promise. Now we ask your Holy Spirit empower us to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, you don't want to miss next week. We got our friend Gavin coming to do week two because my face is going to look too bad for you guys. But we'll see you all next Sunday for second part of Soundtracks. Yeah.